what your mindset is and your secret sauce behind that real estate. You know, there's more to life than working and like we only have one opportunity at this thing and we gotta take the best stab at it we can, right? Something that people say to me, you don't know how to turn off, you don't know how to turn off, like almost like guilting me, but guess what? I don't wanna turn off. In Ontario, what are the eviction laws like there? Yeah, they're horrible up there. I mean, it's extremely liberal up there. I feel like people educate themselves at 80% and take 20% action. They need to flip that. They need to take 80% action and educate themselves 20%. What's your big dream now? Like you're a visionary clearly because your visions have actualized in real life. My goal personally is to get to 10 million a year. Okay, and this is really where our deals went from $100,000 equity deals to million dollar equity deals. Literally 10X. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Fetch It Podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest, Brady McDonald. Brady, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you doing? So we have to start. We just said it before we click record, but we have to get into it. This is actually Brady's first Fourth of July in the United States of America. I just want to maybe talk a little bit of how that was, where you were, and what you did before we get into the real estate stuff. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, this is I'm Canadian, so that's why it's the first Fourth of July here, anyway, for me. But uh, yeah, we we did it in Cape Coral, and dude, these fireworks were off the Richter scale. They went on like it, it was bigger than Disney. Um, it was great. There was a great country music, down, country concert down by the water, and yeah, we had a great time with the family. That's amazing. And that that's that's really great. Florida Florida is a great great place to do it. And, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, I can imagine the fireworks are really, really cool. Um, so I connected with Brady through um, a mutual friend of ours, Fuad, who's a very special person. Um, unbelievable mindset, unbelievable drive in real estate, great family person too. And Brady, what I wanted to get into it with you is a little bit about your mindset. I, I really felt when we spoke over the phone that we related to each other. I mean, for, to the to the to the layman they might look at it as extreme but i think what you and i were talking about is very much of like that david goggins like you live once you might as well see if you can blow past your limits and then beyond those limits and then beyond those limits maybe you want to talk a little bit about what your mindset is and your secret sauce behind that uh before yeah. you get into real estate yeah man like i mean it, well it's zero to 100 right and i've been often you know, told by other people like, dude, you're, you're all gas, no brakes, right? Like there's only one, one speed and it's full steam, right? And I've actually got a tattoo on my arm right here, one life to live, right? And I, I, I got this dude when I was working a job and uh, like, you know, working a job, not into real estate, not nearly the mindset I have now, not taking the amount of action. I just knew like, forget back at that point, I just knew that, you know, there's more to life than working and and you know, and just you know, trading time for money. Like we only have one opportunity at this thing, and we got to take the best stab at it we can, right? So whether that you know, back then it was like really about you know traveling as much as I could and getting freedom from my job, but also starting the side hustle. Like I always had a side hustle, and you know that kind of spun into the real estate career that or real estate companies that I've created, but. You know, it really is, it, it, it boils down to the zero to 100 mindset. It, it, it truly is a mindset, it's a way of life, it's a life philosophy, and it's like, it's all about how fast we do things, how we tackle our goals, like extremely aggressively, understanding that, you know, we don't wanna put off till tomorrow what we can do today. And 
Um, and ultimately what I'm like, what this is about, it's, it's about a community because like, you know, the, the same reason we're on this call together and why we connected so well and, and same with Fouad is because we have the same mindset, right? And so it's so important for me because I've seen it in the last year and a half. Once I started creating, being around people like yourself and Fouad and a whole bunch of other people, everything else in, in life exponentially grew. I can't even say that damn word, but um, so I just realized, yeah, like, I mean, for me, I'm extremely intentional about who I'm around and they've got to have this mindset, whether they call it this or not, but I completely, I completely resonate with surrounding yourselves with people with all gas, no brakes, specifically that word that you used at the beginning. Cause it's been something that people say to me, you don't know how to turn off. You don't know how to turn off. Like almost like guilting me that I don't turn off, but guess what? I don't want to turn off. So um, I love that you share that that same mentality, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will 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 resonate with that as well. You talked about side hustles that led into real estate. Tell me about the side hustle that took you to real estate. Yeah, so I had a tree service actually. So I like when I was uh, I'll just back up a little bit. So when I was uh, when I left my house, okay, like when I was 16 years old, like well, I'll just say. When I left my house, I was seven, my parents' house, I was 17 years old. I was going to college because I was, you know, they wanted me to grow up because I got a light, I lost my license for drinking and driving. And when I left there, I, I thought, you know, I, I, my, my perception of what success looked like was making 50,000 bucks a year because that's what, that's all I knew, right? Because that's what my parents did, right? And so that was my goal. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, when you, when you see a new perspective and you see the new opportunity that people have, have achieved, you're like, yeah, shit, if somebody can get that, I want that. Right. And, or I can get it. Like if you can get it, I can get it. So, uh, you know, I met a guy that had a brand new truck and a full case of beer and he worked for this company called Hydra One. He was making well, well over a hundred grand a year. And I said, hell, if he can do it, I can do it shortly without, uh, you know, then I went to college. I got that job because I sent them a resume every single day or every week, you know, via fax back then, you know, so any, I ended up in a career as a utility arborist instructor. So I went through a four year apprenticeship and I actually ran a training center uh, all across Ontario, train, you know, men and women all across Ontario, which is a province up in Canada, um, you know, on how to climb and rope trees around the hydro lines without killing themselves. And so I always had, so that was my corporate job. And, you know, I was running a training center. So we were creating education resources and teaching people. Um, and so I always had a side hustle, which was town and country tree service. So I was doing the flyering, you know, the, you know, the, I was doing advertisements in like different uh, community magazines and, 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 and signs and all the same stuff that we, a lot of people do in real estate. And, you know, that was, you know, kind of like, that's how I was able to buy bigger boats, like 30 foot boats. And, and like, you know, that, that turned into the lifestyle thing. Cause once I said, uh, you know, like, you know, I'd be making like $200 an hour doing these trees and you know, that would pay for things that could even a $130,000 job could. Right. And so that kind of really where I started realizing like, frick, like you do have one life to live, live like, you know, this lifestyle thing, there's something to this thing. Right. And, uh, you know, and that just gave me a drive. Like once you see what's out there and you like, you started hanging that, that boating thing got me around the next level person, which gave me more drive and more because I saw what, what, what was next. Right. And I think, again, that's another reason why it's really important to be around people doing great things is because dude, we're just so limited by our mindset. Right. So if, and what we think is possible, but once you see somebody else doing something, 
And if you can connect the dots, I mean, shit, anything's possible, right? How do you, how do you think Elon Musk set a friggin', you know, people to into space, right? He believed it. Elon Musk is like the perfect uh, highest IQ and highest limit, no limiting beliefs person in the world. Mm-hmm. So that uh, he's he, he, him and uh, him and Bezos, he feels less evil. Um, so um, let me let me ask you something. What was your first real estate deal? Tell me about it and give me the, the give me the highs and lows of it, too. Yeah, so we were accidental landlords. Um, so when my wife and I got together, we kept my house and we moved into hers. So at this point, I should know how old I was. I feel like I was like 23 years old. Does that make sense? Yeah, probably. Uh, she's out there. Anyway, um, and so we rented it out. We were actually rented it out to my brother and a few of his buddies. They destroyed the carpets, right? They, you know, they fortunately they paid the rent, but they destroyed the carpets. I eventually, you know, had to get them out, and I did a complete full reno. So that was, you know, experience number one. And I put somebody in there. So, you know, you do the rental, you advertise, you rent it, and you get these people in there. It's a, you know, nice couple with two kids. And, you know, like, you know, months go by, six months, eight months. I can't remember the exact duration, but, you know, the payment stopped, you know, started coming a day late. Then the next month, it was a week late. Then it was, uh, two, then all of a sudden, it's a month late. And then she, now she's not paying, right? So I ended up doing, like, starting to show up and, like, figure it out. Well, he actually had moved out, and she can't afford the house. I go in there, try to fix, see what was going on. There was dogs in there, and they, they destroyed the house for the most part. And there was these big blood pythons. There's big pythons. And uh, more like, and there was these guns. And I'm not, I'm not overly familiar with guns. But uh, anyway, so I called the cops. And I'm like, how can I get this girl out of there? It turns out the guns are only BB guns. <laughs> but I, there was a play because these snakes were illegal. So long story short, we had the bylaw people come in there. We pretended we didn't go in there actually that first day because we technically entered illegally because we didn't have a sign posted on the door. So we reposted the sign on the door, went in legally and, uh, you, you know, t- dealt with these snakes. And she ended up hiding the snakes in the wall. We eventually got her evicted. It cost, you know, she, she owed us like 10 grand and I, and I garnished her wages. So that was my first experience. But... I mean, it's like, you know, your true character of yourself is how you perform and how you act in, um, in, uh, turbulent times or, uh, you know, like in what other words could you use? Yeah. Turbulent or hard times, right? I think those are your true colors. And, and I mean, that was, that was something that we went through the process. We, you know, went through the whole eviction process. We learned a lot and I'm like, damn it. It's not going to get much worse than that. Totally. Totally. It's not. So it's like, okay, well, let's just do this better the next time, right? And then, you know, it was years later when we actually, like, really got into real estate, though. Okay, so before you tell me about years later how you got into it, because I want to hear about that, this house was in Canada, right? Yeah, Barrie, Ontario, yeah. Okay, in Ontario. What are the eviction laws like there? Because I know that people in our community talk a little bit about that this is not, obviously, Airbnb, you don't have to deal with, uh, that stuff, which a lot of our listeners are Airbnb guys, they have to deal with partiers ruining the place, different issue. What are the eviction laws there like? And was it, was it easy? Was it hard? Yeah, they're, they're horrible up there. I mean, it's extremely liberal up there. So they literally, um, I mean, so you'd have to give notice regardless whether they're paying, you have to give notice, 
give them 60 days notice and that they're going to be evicted if they don't pay. If they don't pay, then you can apply after 60 days to the landlord tenant board. Then you have to sit on, sit on a waiting list for up to a year. So this is while they, this just happened to me just recently too, that this person owed me, still owes me about 28,000 bucks, the most recent one. And, uh, and it, cause it literally took a year to get them out. And then, you know, they can, you know, you go to the hearing, they can come up to an agreement. So they'll be like, yeah, okay. You know what? We're just gonna, we're gonna start paying you under these terms that buys them another few months because they stopped using the, you know, stop, you know, they just don't agree. They don't follow through on the terms. And then you have to go apply back to the board and go through this whole process again. Once you even get an approval on the board, like the decision from the landlord tenant board that they're out, they have to be out by say 60 days notice. If they, if they are not out on 60 days, then you have to apply to them, apply to the sheriff Ugh. to have them evicted, which is another 45 to 60 days process. I now understand so many of the things you told me on the phone. That is so hideous. It like gives me a stomach ache. This is why I, I'm not dealing with tenants and toilets. I mean, I still have a rental portfolio, but that's why we're just doing storage and land development these days. Okay. So now perfect segue. Okay. First of all, I, we could do a whole nother call on pontificating on, do we think that these laws are ever going to change because landlords are going to move their money outside of these districts, outside yeah. of districts in Canada states in the u.s and they're just gonna take their money elsewhere which means these properties are going to deteriorate which means they have to change tell me tell me a little bit about zero to wherever you're zero to whatever the number is you're at and talk about your portfolio now um talk about what it looks like and why it looks the way it is and how you got the money to do it because a lot of people also they want to get to where you're at they don't quite have the uh the, the change hanging out in the bank to do it, but they are yeah. inspired by the zero to 100 vibe. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, the secret that the, the hardest part to doing anything that's hard is starting, right? So I'm a firm believer in that. So we all start at zero, right? And the goal is whatever your hundred is, that's your goal. That's your vision, your ideal life, right? But the art is in the start. It's one step in front of the other. So, you know, the, when I started, um, you know, I, I was about to get fired from my job. Well, no, the union was trying to fire me from my job. And so that's really, and you know, I was, we were pregnant at the time and I was like, damn, like this is, you know, they went through a three month investigation, determined that I didn't do anything really wrong. So, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm being limited by my income. I'm being limited by my, my time's being limited. My potential, like my business, my development of my, me personally is, is limited, right? Because of this union. And uh, that's where I started looking for other ways to do this, right? Live the, to, to create wealth and income. And that's where I landed on real estate. And so we met a guy that was a full-time real estate investor. Again, it was similar to the, the truck and the beer case story where like he had 65 properties. My wife was a real estate appraiser. That's how we met him. So she was doing appraisal for him and he had 65 properties at the time and he bought 15 of them that year, you know, that in, that was in six months time. And, and uh, like I was literally in the car doing the math and I'm like, you know, how much appreciation, mortgage pay down, uh, cash flow this guy was making. I'm like, this guy's making a million bucks a year. I'm like, shit, if he can do it, I can do it. Like that's all it takes. That's the zero to 100 mindset. If all you need to know is that somebody else can do it and you can do it. So then from there. But how? But how? Yes. How? So what do you need to do? You need to understand the big picture. I literally read one damn book. I'm going to rewrite this book. 
this book is Canadian and, and I think there's better ways to do it. And I'm going to tell you my story and I'm going to give you only what you need to start in real estate. Cause you don't, everything, I honestly believe this, that people take, need to take, uh, you know, there's 80%, 80, 20 rule. Well, I think, I feel like people educate themselves at 80% and take 20% action. They need to flip that. They need to take 80% action and educate themselves 20%. There's the, it's not that hard. It's not that complicated. So I read one book. I understand the big picture, right? Then all I need to know is uh, the next thing was, okay, what strategy is going to work for me? Right? And from that, once I educate enough on the strategy, then I need to pick an area. I dive into that area and like really understand where we are in the cycle, where the opportunity lies, you know, what is the values, you know, what's the tenant profile, what's the rental income, you know, all once I understand that, then I'm starting to look at real estate. And this is literally what I did. We bought a house. Our strategy was to buy the single family home, convert it to a legal duplex. In that we drive the value up because it now went from single family home to two unit. And, um, and, uh, and we refinanced it. So we bird these properties. We could, yeah. That's, that's, I wish I could curse. Amazing. But what, do you, what would you tell somebody who, who has 10 grand in the bank, but he wants to become free and he doesn't know how to do it. And he wants yeah. to be just like you. He looks at your Instagram. He sees your, he, he sees your training. He sees your family life. He sees that you're free, but he can't, he's not going to go He's not going to go start, he can't go get one of those jobs in Canada to start building up some cash reserves. How the hell does he do it? How the hell can he do one? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to, if you have limited cash, then there's a couple, there's a few options. And most of it's going to rely around you being a great person and a hustler and an educator and putting deals together. So, you know, the, you know, the most, the number one way that most people are going to say is wholesale deals. So you can, if you can find an opportunity, if you understand the market, and you understand what a good deal is and you can put together marketing strategies to get good deals, then you can certainly wholesale those and sell them with, with 10 grand in your pocket. Absolutely. Yep. No problem. Yeah. No problem. And number one. Okay. So another alternative way is just to bring that deal or the opportunity to somebody that does have money. I mean, we grew our portfolio from zero to 100 properties in five years and are under five years. And, probably 75% of those deals were done with joint venture partners where they provided all the down payment, all the renovation money and, and qualified for the mortgage. And we literally just did all the work, right? That's awesome. We, that's awesome. So that's how, you know, other people can do it too. I mean, you know, it, uh, but it, again, it, it's, it, you have to be extremely strategic and, and understand like, what is the big goal? Right. And then from the big goal, you back yourself into what am I, what can I do today to get me closer to it? And it's just, yeah, that's that is I think those are two really good ways for people to get in. Um, would you have any advice? I, I, there's there's with, with wholesaling. I think that's awesome that you said that. The second thing about doing the sweat equity piece that you just described, which I love. Talk a little bit about like um, finding finding the, the good money partner. And some of it is luck, I'm sure. But some of it is what are like what makes somebody a great money partner because you've had to pick that before, and um, what are some normal like equity splits between you, between the person providing the money and the person doing all the work? You know that that that's something in my masterminds that I've been a part of. That's like always the questions people ask because that's what they want to do, and I want the listeners to be able to look at Brady and be like, I got that from that guy. You know, 
Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, okay, so first question was, where do you find them? Where do you uh, find no, these good pairs? Yeah, no, what makes somebody a good money partner and what um, what's a normal, what's a reasonable equities, you know, exchange? Yeah, okay, so what makes, what makes a good money partner is um, their ability to, well, number one, they need to be educated on the basics of real estate investing. So first thing I always did is I created a presentation that taught people about the basics of real estate investing. And I would present it to them over, like I recorded over Zoom. And this is one thing that everybody should do. If you wanna raise capital, this is what you do. Because you could be on social media, blasting it out to people, hey, we're doing this deal, that deal, or just educating, maybe you don't have deals. You, the call to action is like, hey, if you wanna learn how to passively invest in real estate, you know, you can literally, you know, you don't have the time, expertise, care to do it yourself. Let, hit me up. They hit you up. You have this recorded presentation of you teaching them about the basics of real estate investing. The strategies, your strategy, your history, your expertise, pre presenting you as the expert. Because they need to know. If they don't know, if you don't teach them all this shit, you're, sorry for the swearing, but you're going to have to tell them one at a time. And it's like, did I not tell you this, right? And so you know they watched it. That's number one, okay? And then what you're doing in that is that you're proving to them that you're an expert and that you're showing them that you can help them by helping them. Like, so yeah. the next thing is the call to action at the end of that is, Hey, if you're ready, if you've got you, and now you've shown them in the, in the presentation, you've shown them what a great deal looks like. Cause you've said, okay, here's an example deal of what you would typically get with me, whether it was Airbnb or a flip or a whole, whatever type of deal you do, here's the deal. They already now know how much money they need, what they need to do in the relationship, right? You're right. They already know the equity splits. There's no negotiation, right? So again, this presentation is the presentation that everybody needs to have. This is this, this is the one thing. It's an asset. I mean, it's one is this is going to save you from having a thousand combo of the same conversation over and over and over again, and you're going to rule out the shitty people. And so, um, and it's just going to save you a lot of time. So then if the call to action at the end of that presentation is, Hey, if you're ready to take action and you got the 120 grand, DM me and we'll do a, a, a in-person property tour. Dude, that is awesome advice. Okay. Um, and I, I love that because you're talking about, you're not like just, just like shit posting on social media. You're strategically posting with a deck waiting for people that, you know, cause you, you know, you know, I told, talked to you about my development in Tennessee that I'm up to. And I thought of myself, I'm like, do I, do I, what do I do after this development? Like, this is like a family money thing. I'm like, how would I even do that? That like, that like resonated even with me rather than even more than just the listeners. I'm like, that makes so much sense because you could post, here's my septic tank. Or you could be like, here's one one slide one, slide two, slide three, slide four cost return. Boom. Done. And, um, and obviously vision, vision slides at the beginning. That's really smart. I knew we vibed at the beginning when we spoke on the phone. Shout out to Fuad. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you another question. You talked, now you gave somebody the keys to get started. I want you to tell me why you invest. You talked about self-storage. You talked about the big pivot. Talk, talk to me about when you decided to pivot, what your, what your portfolio looks like now and why it looks the way it does now. Yeah, so what we ended up doing is we ended up building like did a lot of the like well over 100 properties, 130 properties in Canada and built this big portfolio is it's probably, you know, it's probably 100 million at, 
at its peak and then it dropped a lot of money, a lot of wealth because of the market tanked up there. And then, uh, like, so we were doing this and we went, ended up doing a lot of new construction. So ground up land development. That's another way. If you've got no money, you just, for all, this is what I would do. If, now that I know what I know now, but if you understand the planning bylaws and you can just say, okay, hey, in R2 zone, you need a minimum of 100 frontage, but there's some of these properties have 200. That is an opportunity to make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that you don't even have to own the thing. Like land severances, land subdivision, like subdividing land. So that's what I ended up doing. I'd buy houses with uh, big lots, knock the houses down, sever them into as many lots as I can, and then build purpose-built triplexes on all of them. So we ended up getting into land development there. And then, you know, COVID was insane. So uh, during COVID, um, you know, I, I, again, zero to 100 mindset. I'm like, I'm not being locked down. And so what are we doing? We, we peaced out. We went to Costa Rica and we had a brand new baby. We had, she was, uh, we had to wait for a two month shot. We went to Costa Rica uh, for about four months. And when we came back, this is in 2021. And when we, when we came back in May of 2021, they locked us down again. And I said to Christy, I said, we, next winter, we're going away. This is, so next winter, which would have been uh, December, 2021. I said, we are going somewhere, but we're going somewhere where there's opportunity. We're going to Florida. So, you know, we didn't think about it all summer, 2021, which is only a year and a half uh, past. Um, we literally packed the car up and I drove with the kids' bikes and all of our stuff and we were gone for the winter. And I went to a mastermind. I drove to the U.S. I went to Destin, Florida. I went to a mastermind, and uh, and this what is our this. What mastermind? Uh, you want to share? Chris Rudes. Yeah. So I went to his, and the reason why I went there was because I wanted my only goal was to learn, like, meet a lot of uh, success, successful real estate investors in the U.S. Start creating those relationships and learn what strategies worked well here. So that I came out of that saying, okay, I'm going to build self storage. So the first thing I did on the way home from that call or the way you know, to the, my next destination in Florida was hired a coach. So the guy that spoke, I hired him as my one-on-one -on -one business coach. And from there, I just took action. I just knew that the storage, again, storage is development. I'm already developing, I understand that. I just don't know storage sp specifically. So that's why I hired a coach. It's, just, it's how you turn decades into days, right? It just short- Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, th see, that's interesting because you already understood land, but they're probably, what was the biggest, um, learning curve to learning, um, storage versus other types of real estate? Um, you know what? I mean, it's just like all, all of the strategies have different ways to like different things that move the needle as to whether it's a good deal or a bad deal. So it was just really understanding that. And so, um, you know, the first couple deals we got into, I, I relied on my coach's team. So they actually assigned me the deals and they took a big upside. Uh, in that process, while I was, while I was you know, doing, uh, putting, syndicating those deals, I put my own team together and had put an acquisition specialist, development, uh, chief development officer, and we started analyzing our own deals. And in there, it was like, you, I, that's really when we determined how, like really figured it out. So, you know, for storage, it's obviously supply and demand. This is more of a business play than, you know, it's just as much of a business play as it is a real estate play, right? Um, you know, so the, the real estate play is the development part, right? But then you have to have a good asset that has good business, good, uh, um, you know, set of financials that makes the thing valuable, right? 
So, um, yeah, so I mean, it's supply and demand. And, and when you're looking at, and then obviously like, then the cost of the land, you know, the rental, rental rates per square foot, um, you know, there's all these key metrics. And so those are just some of the things that, that we had to figure out along the way. And, and we, we ended up just assigning two pieces of dirt. You know, the, again, we didn't close on these pieces of dirt. So I would get them under contract and these are for self storage. The one was in Texas. It was uh, 5.9 or sorry, it was almost 10 acres. Get it under contract for uh, that one was, um, we assigned it for a $500,000 assignment fee. It, I forget the exact numbers, but the assignment fee was 500 grand, right? And we didn't even close on it. And so we put about $80,000 in due diligence and made 500 grand. So the net was 420. And then we just, next week we closed on another one. Uh, it's a $945,000 assignment fee. You're a monster. You're a right? monster. So, yeah. But I mean, again, the, the thing that we got good at was finding sites and underwriting them properly. Right. That, that's the, that's the magic. I mean, you know, building stuff is easy when you can find the right contractors. Do you think, do you think, um, do you think social media has been a key to, to, to you syndicating and, and growing your portfolio or not? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, it hasn't helped me here in the U S because I didn't have a following. Um, you had, the following was from Canadians originally, yeah. but if you, but, but, but if that was here, it would have. Oh dude. Well, like, well, it, when I was in Canada building that portfolio, that's all I would do. I'd be talking about every single post at the end of it. It's always called action. Hey, if you're interested in investing in real estate, don't have the time expertise, care to do it yourself. DM me, I'd love to teach you how you can do it yourself, right? And then they'd fall into the DMs. This all happened on social media because I'm building trust, credibility, and, and people are starting to know, like, and trust me. So all I'd have to do is that call to action. They would reach out to me. I would send them that presentation that I told you about. That's uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. That's it. And, and, and so, so for, those, for those people that want to follow in your footsteps, the, if, they, if they did post... You could, ra you could raise money from your following to do your own deals. Even if you're not quite as big as Brady, because you're at the top of the mountain, you could do a, du a small duplex, you know, and you could raise it off of following too. So that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, all the deals that we did were, we just did lots of them, but the deals that we did up in Canada were duplexes, triplexes, I mean, up to 10 unit stuff, but it wasn't big. I mean, when you do the math on those and you can scale those, and you know, you're dealing with a lot of uh, more retail investors that in, in certain markets, if the houses are like 200 grand, we're, we, our stuff was like five, 600,000. So it kind of got, you had to find somebody with a lot of money still. Um, but you know, in markets where the real estate is cheaper and they only have to put 20% down, then yeah, I mean, you know, for coming up with investors for 40 grand, like you could, you could do 10, you can do a hundred of those a year. Start with one though, right? That's it all just starts with one, you know? That's amazing. Brady, you're, you're, you are a very unique guy, like very unique guy. Where do you, um, what's your big dream now? Like you, you're a visionary clearly because your visions have actualized in real life. Where do you, what do you want to, where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to be in five years? 10 years is too far. What do you want to be yeah. in five years? Uh, okay. So while my wife and I are just creating our, our vision board again. So this is our third iteration since investing in real estate. And I'm a huge proponent in this and, and uh, 
Like if you, like this sounds hokey pokey, but if you don't have a, if you're listening to this and you don't have a vision board, a lot of people will, will be asking me, Hey Brady, where do you get the financing or how do I solve these problems? I'm like, if you don't have a vision board, don't ask me about finding deals or getting financing. Cause none of that shit matters. Cause if you don't have a vision as to where you're going, that all the rest of the shit doesn't matter. You, you have to start with that. Number one. So, um, we're just reiterating it because I know it's really important for me to know exactly where I'm going on that board. Um, I've got like a jet that I'll own and we're going to like, I mean, my goal personally is, is to just, is to get to 10 million a year. So that, that's, that's more of a relatively short term goal in which seems unfathomable because I can guarantee I would have like, when I started this, our goal, uh, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago was 12 properties period. Right. And, uh, and then it kind of grew, but the one, another big thing that's on our vision, um, is donating a million bucks. So, um, to charity. So we've done a lot of different charity things for, uh, kids uh, with physical disabilities, but I'm on this big, big, uh, big thing here right now. So there's again, back to the zero to 100. Um, you know, I'm just like the, the deals and the money and stuff they they don't, they drive you to a certain point until you have it for me, at least. Then it's like, okay, now I've got that. I've figured out the money thing, right? What's next? So that's where I've really been leaning in on the mindset thing. And for me to get a good mindset, I've, I've done that. So by running and doing ultra distance stuff. Okay. So I got done a couple of half Ironmans and I just did a 50 mile run in, in the Florida keys, um, ended up going in the hospital, but that's another story. But now I've got a, this vision to go a hundred miles. So my coach, I've got a fitness coach and he's like, you know, yeah, you know, he's like trying to kind of slow me down a bit. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this, this bitch is getting done this year. And I mean, like I'm going hundred miles this year. I don't care. I'm like, and if you asked me four months ago, if I was running, like there'd be like no way in hell. Right? Remember that Goggins, when he, when he was, when he was dealing with seal training, I don't remember exactly what point in the story, he had a hole in his heart. Yeah. So I, I have the same damn thing, dude. Okay. That's another whole story. Cause I went to the hospital after running the keys 50 and, uh, so I was in the hospital for three days. I won the damn race, but it was 109 degrees Fahrenheit. Long story short, they discovered I've got this, uh, rain, something phenomenon phenomenon where the hearts are, are like not, they're supposed to be like this. They're like this, which gives you a hole in the, uh, your tricuspid valve. And anyway, this is, I've got to still deal with that one. But, um, okay. So back to the vision, what's next is like, I said to my coach, I'm running, I'm going to run this. What if I run the hundred miles and I donate, I raise a thousand dollars per mile. And he's like, interesting, but that's a lot of money. I'm like, I know I can get it. I'm going to, I'll just get like, give me, I'll, I'll raise a hundred grand. I know this in three weeks, three weeks before the race. I'm not even going to think about it until then. And then I'll come back. I'm going to donate a hundred hundred thousand at the very minimum to these two charities. And then I got thinking, you know what? Like I, another thing on my vision board is I want a hundred thousand followers. And the reason why is because right now when I'm talking about real estate mindset, starting in real estate, because I know I can impact a lot more lives if I teach them how to start. And if I figure, if I teach people how to get the mindset, right, then the rest is easy. Right. So, and, and this message is really resonating with people. So I'm getting these messages every other day and I'm like, shit, if I can have a hundred thousand followers, I can impact 10 times more lives. Cause they've got 10,000 now. So I said to my wife, this is kind of crazy too. I said to her, 
this is an idea. This was literally a week ago. I walked in, I said, what if, I got an idea. I wanted to do a social media campaign and to get a, to 100,000 people. And what if the promise to the people is that I'll donate, we'll personally donate $1 per follower. Uh, and the goal in the next three and a half months is to get to, to 100,000 followers. We'll personally donate. I, I, I love that. I love. And, I, and she's like, I'm like, do you think, are you okay if we do that? She says, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. I'm like, right. I'm like, damn, like we're, we're going to donate a hundred grand in the next three months. Right. So this is kind of the reason why I guess is because on our vision board, we've got this vision now that we want to donate a million bucks. Right. And so how can we do that? So I think in the next quarter, in the next three months, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're, if we donate 250 grand. I love that. That's a That's really intelligent. That's really intelligent. Oh my gosh. Oh my Brady. We, we're going to have to have you on a second time. Cause I, I, there's so many things that you're saying that I want to go down a rabbit hole with you for an hour, but we don't have the time. And, um, we're, we're coming up on the 15 minute left Mark. And this is usually where David and I, I know David really wanted to, to be here today. Um, where we get into some personal questions. Sure. And these questions are going to be a little bit different because you're you you you've achieved a, a certain amount of success that um, not a lot of people have gotten to. So I'm going to ask you. Uh, the first thing is, who you talked about hiring coaches to enter these new businesses. I do you have a mentor that you look to that maybe has achieved where you want to go from here? And that you are close with, and he's in, 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 or, or maybe you don't have a relationship with him, but maybe you watch his videos. You know, is there somebody like that for you? Who's that person, and why? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I don't have like just one person. So when I, when I have a particular problem in business, I would call them problems. It's just more of a goal that I need to get. I need to figure out how to do X. You know, like storage or like, you know, we created this as another example. We created a, an online training platform from real estate investors, had no clue how to do online marketing. I hired an online marketer, right? right. So I, that's usually how I did that, like as far as like mentorship and like paid coaching. But like I, I tried to really, honestly, this is what it is. I, so I surround myself with only people who are going to serve me and I can serve them. So I have zero tolerance for anybody that isn't going to add value to my life and I can't add value to theirs. So for example, you know, some things that, um, when I'm around these people, for example, Mark Evans, if you know, Mark Evans DM, he changed my life simply by being around him. And, and this, what well, this happened like a year ago and, and we flew to, uh, we flew on a private jet from, it was the first time I was ever on a private jet from uh, Florida to Utah to watch, uh, Sean Whalen's, um, lions, not sheep. And I watched Sean, I watched, you know, we were, I was with Mark all weekend and, and, you know, we were all drinking and carrying on and, and he wasn't drinking. I noticed that because like I grew up drinking, like this is a sport and a freaking hobby for me, so, you know, since I was 15 years old. And I'm like, you know, so I said to Mark, I'm like, Hey, you don't drink. He's like, no, man. He's like, uh, I'm like, Oh, has that always been like that? He's like, no, for about a year. And, uh, I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm like, why is that? And he's like, well, you know, just, I'm not doing anything that doesn't serve me. And I'm like, I remember that dude till like, till this day. And, and four months ago, I quit drinking period. Like a, like a light switch in my life. Since I've done that, like I've been, now I've got zero excuses. I thought I was a badass motherfucker before. Sorry about that word. But like now I'm really bad. 
because now I know. Like I know, like I just literally stripped myself of most of the excuses I've always made my entire life by doing one thing that didn't serve me, right? So that's just one example of like, I, when you are around the right people, right? You just, you can take nuggets from anybody. Like Ken Clothier is another one. This guy helped change my life again in, in a six hour meeting. I literally, because I was probably going down a bankrupt road in, uh, I would say over the last year. And somehow I pulled my ass out of it because, uh, because I got good advice at the right time. Because you know, w there was a point when the, the Canadian market crashed, when the interest rates went from sub two to eight, they, they, we started, uh, the market started crashing hard. You know, what would sell for well over a million is now like 700. And uh, my portfolio started bleeding. I was like, there was months where I'd have 800,000 come in the bank and it would be gone plus 300 grand. And, um, but like with really good advice and getting really clear on, you know, what I needed to do, it got, and it was quite simple for somebody else to look into to the picture and, and, and give some advice. But like, and then I just took massive action and I saved, I saved it. I, and like, now I'm in a great position with, you know, I'm in quite the opposite position actually. So again, the two totally separate things, but I'm, I don't rely on one person. I, I, I rely on, you know, like a community of people. Right. And to only get good messaging from the best, like whether it's like, again, I'm not going to go and invite you over to my house. If I don't think you are freaking amazing for me and my family, that's, that's just the fact that's done. I'm just done with those people. Okay. You know, not saying that they're bad, but that's just the level of, um, the, you know, that's just where I'm at. I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm on a, I'm on, on a path from zero to 100, maybe. And I'm, if, I'm, if you're not right, I'm, I'm the exact same way. We're going to be good friends. So I'm putting that out of the universe. Brady is my, my new homie. Um, so yeah, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you something. You talked about taking action more and like researching less. Tell me you read one book and you're off to the races. So I'm not going to ask you about books. I do want to ask you about. You and I are, are very much what we have in common is we're very habits oriented. I'm a very I'm I'm religious, religious about my habits. I do I do do a lot of reading. I will say, but I am like like nobody touches my habits. Not my girlfriend. You can't touch them. Um, what is you you come a long way. You are very impressive. Like I said many times on this podcast. What's the thing about you? Narrow it down to one thing. Maybe it, hopefully it's a habit, not a personality trait. That you're like, oh, I did that so many times, and that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That thing I do that every day. I do that thing every day. It, it could it could be arbitrary. I just want to know what it is. Yeah, what it is is honestly, um, I mean, taking action is just the easy one to say. But like, what's gotten me from being good to great? in my opinion, or just like, I'm on the path to being great in my opinion. Cause I feel like I've, my success is always, I've always been successful because I will outwork most people period. Like I embrace doing, I just, I will outwork people. Now that got me so far. Right. But once I um, really started getting into fitness and like purposefully putting myself in painful situations, like through whether, you know, running or fitness, like running Ironman, like that, what that did purposefully was get good at my mindset 
And once I fixed my mind, I fixed everything else, right? Yeah. That's literally what it is. So for me, it's, you know, once I cut out the drinking that like, I, I haven't missed a 4.30 wake up since. I would always wake up at 4.30 before, but there'd be two or three days I didn't, right? I would still call that always, right? Those are the little excuses that slow us all down, right? Yeah. The, the, that little compounding stuff. So I don't know if I'm giving you one answer, there's a whole bunch of them, but honestly, once, I guess it is like for me, once I worked, uh, I was working on my fitness and my health, everything else changed. So my number one thing, everybody says, oh, my kids are my number one. My business is my, this, but no, 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 I'm number one. I know because if I know if I work on this religiously, like, like I do whatever my coach tells me to do and I set big goals and run the hundred miles for the kids to do that, I have to, I have to wake up and do the workouts. I have to put in the hours. I have to get through the pain holes. Right. And that's all mindset training. But the, if I do that, I'm the best father possible. I'm the best husband possible. I'm better at business. I'm better on podcasts. I'm better at educating. I'm better at inspiring. I'm better. I'm better at doing stuff. I'm better at doing the hard work. Right. And to me, you can't do that. If you're not looking after yourself, you can't look do that when you're look, looking after everybody else first. I, I totally agree. I would say uh, we'll talk a little bit more. I want to get into that with you offline. That's a really inspirational piece. Um, that, that, really hit my heart because I have people in my life that put themselves first. You see where they're at. You have people in your life that don't, you see where they're at. So, um, we'll get into that in person, but, um, before, you know, we're, we're coming into the closing final two questions. Tell me the, tell me the best deal you tell, tell me your favorite deal you've ever done and why. Uh, the favorite deal I ever did did was the one I'm closing next week <laughs> because yeah, like, I mean, uh, like, I mean, I've done some other cool deals. I mean, they're cool at the time, you know, where you buy a property, you would literally refinance it the next day after closing on it. I've done some stuff like that. Um, you know, done, done some land severances that were pretty cool where you would buy the, buy the house, do the renovation, refinance it, get all your money out of the deal and still have a two or $300,000 lot, stuff like that. Like those were all great deals, but like doing this storage deal that I just did, which was, you know, we found the dirt, we did, um, you know, full underwriting on it. We did um, a whole bunch of due diligence, like $80,000 worth of due diligence and then sold it before we closed it. Right. So I did, we didn't even own it to, to, to essentially. So it was the, just this massive assignment fee and like, this is scalable. Right. This is a hundred percent scalable. So now my goal is to like just rinse and repeat those, you know? So it's like, okay, well that worked. Uh, so how do we do more of those? Okay. Well, we don't have a buyer's list. We got lucky. So now we were extremely intentional on finding a buyer's list. Now, what do those buyers want? What is their buy box? Right? So you start to like deconstruct this strategy and figure out all the pieces that you need. And you could do this for a single family house. If you were starting, this is the exact same thing I would do. This is the strategy deconstructed. Who do I need on my team? Where, like you need a buyer, you need whatever, like you need all these people, find all those people, figure out, you know, where you can influence them all and what, what, what things are going to move the needle and which ones don't. And then you dive into those and then you take action, tick, 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 make it offers. I love that. I love the point about the list. I think that's something that, that people are trying to get into, um, that, that are listening to us. Let me ask you another thing. People want to get involved. People want to follow you 
and they want to get involved in your world, where can they follow you? And where do you recommend, what resources do you recommend that, that, that they, they look up online to get involved with you? Is it just Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it TikTok? Is, it, is there an email list? Is there a, like, is there, is there a place you want to direct people to that are inspired by your story that where can they, where can they get into things with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, so one is uh, zero to 100.com. You can go to that landing page. I literally created the, the forum this morning. So it is live, like it's happening really fastly. And that's where we're going to be, uh, you know, talking about our finance, our fundraising efforts for the two charities that we're working on. And you obviously follow me on Instagram, Brady.McDonald84. Every follower, I'll be donating a dollar to charity. And again, with the goal of getting to 100,000, donating 100 grand over the next three and a half months. Um, yeah, so I would say those are the two places. I mean, I've got, you know, Brightwork Development, BrightworkDev.com is our self-storage development company. But I would say Instagram or go to here. Like, this is where shit's going to be really happening. And if you, if you want to start in real estate, um, you need to work on, you know, you want to try to figure out this mindset piece and just really, I'm going to be, I'm going to be giving the tools away just so people can start investing in real estate because I firmly believe that the hardest part is starting. And if I can give you the tools and not just like at teach you because teaching is garbage unless you're taking action. And we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to create an environment where you will get like a trophy once you create your, uh, once you create your vision board. Cause it's the first thing you're going to get a trophy once you do the next step of, you know, of, of these seven steps, these seven pillars, right? So we're going to really try to get people to actually take action. And, and I would say like zero to 100.com is where you will find all that once we get it built, which is going to happen the next two months. I love the name because it's very much signifies where people want to go and where you've gone. So I think yeah. that that's, a, and it's an inspirational name. I also love that you, you put the hundred in red. I think that's really cool. Um, you know what else is cool? Like, this is a piece of paper, folks. This, this is all, this I'll leave you with this lesson. Like this is the type of action I'm willing to do. This is a damn piece of paper. And I, and I, because we literally got, we decided on this logo today. That's right. Awesome. But that is imperfect action. That's what it takes to have success. Right. Literally like that is, that is it. I mean, if you do the same thing, like don't wait for the perfect day, the perfect opportunity, the perfect deal, the perfect situation, because that none of that shit's going to happen. Right. I, totally, Just, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That, that, that. People, people trip themselves up. Well, what about what's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? Just do it, man. And then, and then, and then more opportunities will open up along the way, you know, um, Brady, you're the man. This has been my favorite episode so far. Um, this has been Thanks another, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate is, it. yeah I, I, people are going to love this episode. This has been another episode of the Fetch It podcast, Yonatan and Brady. Let's go.